of the conservative Republican agenda. It's not exactly something that I wanted to add to my coffee each morning. And truth be told, it's solely responsible for me deleting both of my dads as well as all of my extended family on Facebook. It was when Hillary was supposed to win. You know, four years ago, when we began the dark ages, is what I'd like to say. Well, guess what, folks? That four years is over. And this last year, 2020, I think we can all agree, has been a really fucked up year. So my only hope was that we could somehow end this tragic year with something positive that we can look forward to. So on November 3rd, 2020, I went out and did my due diligence and civic duty and voted. But aren't we supposed to get the results like a couple of days later? What's going on here? What's the deal? Why is it taking so long? Days went by and every time I checked my phone, uh, the results stayed the same. It was pretty neck and neck and truth be told, the anxiety was building in my mind so much so that I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, and I most certainly was not concentrating at work. So on November the 7th, 2020, I believe it was a Saturday, I woke up at 6 a.m. and frantically grabbed my phone in hopes that there would be some sort of change. I mean, fuck, it's already Saturday. It has to be today at some point. I opened my phone and I scrolled through and to my complete and utter and still groggy, sleepless upset, still nothing. Fuck. I put my phone back on the charger, rolled over and hoped to get at least two more hours of sleep. But it was only a matter of moments later when I heard it in the streets. Screaming, cheering, cowbells dinging, car horns honking, people crying, and just sheer joy and happiness dancing all over my gay Castro. That's right, folks. President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris have finally won the election almost a week later and I could not believe it actually happened. I can't believe we defeated that fucktard. So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill and join me in the next moments of that day where we celebrate the eviction of the fucktard of the United States of America. This is America, the Blutiful. That's right, I said Blue-tiful. Here on My Gay Expose Podcast. Hey guys, this is My Gay Expose Podcast, where we talk about gay sex, gay dating, gay culture, gay love, gay stereotypes, gay relationships, that infamous gay walk of shame, 
and anything else that might be considered, um, gay? I'm your host, Ronnie Washburn, a writer and blogger based out of San Francisco, California, and I'm here exposing my gay on my gay expose podcast. Disclaimer. The views expressed on my gay expose podcast are not necessarily the opinions or views of the gay community as a whole. These are simply the opinions, experiences, and stories told by host Ronnie Washburn. Furthermore, this podcast is explicit, straightforward, and not for the faint of heart. And no topic is taboo, except for religion and politics. While all stories are real, most characters' names are changed to protect their identity. Unless you're a close friend to Ronnie, in which, that's what you signed up for, bitch. Hey guys, Ronnie Washburn here, and I'm so excited for this particular episode. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have officially been projected to be the winner of this year's presidential election, and I couldn't be more thrilled. And so for that reason, in this week's episode, I decided to walk you through those first moments of celebration and joy and what this historic moment means to my gay expose life. So as we say so often throughout this series, sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill and join me in the wonderful celebration that made history in my own personal mind. But first, before we do that, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Re-expose. Hey guys, welcome to this week's re-expose, where I reassess, re-explain, or retell previous segments that were mentioned in past episodes that either you didn't understand fully, I re-listened and I didn't understand fully or felt that I didn't explain well enough, or I just listened to it and was like, what the fuck was I even saying? And oh my God, you know, I had no idea that the open relationship episode was going to get so many questions. Here's the thing I need to re-explain on this segment of Re-Exposé today. Living in San Francisco, obviously we have a large gay community. So here, we're sort of immune to some of these things that are considered normal. And being in an open relationship is definitely one of them. If you remember the statistics that I went over in the episode, it basically was saying that over 68% in 2019 of gay couples that were surveyed in this study basically said that they were in open relationships. And this is so normal. I don't understand why people don't see it like that. I mean, I guess it's really not that normal in other cities, but it's definitely normal. And yes, my group of friends 
all almost unanimously agreed not to be in an open relationship for their own personal well-being. And just for the record, I want to state a couple of things. Most of these guys are actually currently single and currently some of the biggest hoes that I know. So just for the record, there's that. So it's kind of funny for me to hear my hoey single friends saying and explaining to the world why they want to be in a monogamous committed relationship. Because for me, I know so much shit about them that the monogamy thing doesn't really fit. And then the post-COVID episode got a lot of flack for basically people saying that I overstepped because the COVID cases spiked shortly after the episode aired. Listen, I get that. And this COVID thing, I agree, it's not going anywhere. But the whole point of the episode was that like, look, we were in quarantine lockdown for a hot minute. And now that everyone is kind of going back to work, I think it's a little bit more common for people to be working now than it was a couple of months back. I mean, wouldn't you agree? It was the whole point. It was like, and I made it very clear in the episode, if you re-listen, I said, sort of like segueing into the possibility of maybe getting back to normal sometime soon. So just re-listen to the episode. And I don't understand why you guys continuously point out the little and most minuscule things ever. But I guess that's what this show, excuse me, segment of the show is all about, isn't it? And yes, the gym episode. I'm still getting leftover buzz from the gym episode. I guess everyone really loved that episode. And I had someone ask me if I was being serious or if I was over embellishing about the fact that everybody has sex in the gay showers and yes they're called the gay showers for a reason because we all have some sort of sexual encounter or experience at least once a week when going to the gym and i know some friends who go to the gym just for the sexual encounters and no the second part of this person's inquiry the showers are currently not open. The saunas, the showers, all of those things. So no, we're not having that gym fun that we currently are were having in the past. And that's probably for the better because as stated before, this COVID thing still is a thing. And I'm just going to segue with this because I know I'm going to get shit for this later. I Yes, I decided to do a election-themed episode this week because I was just so overwhelmed and overjoyed and this moment in history was such a big part of my gay expose life that I felt it necessary to break the My Gay Expose podcast rules and talk about politics. But as you'll find out in the episode, we're really not talking about politics. We're just talking about the feeling of joy once the election ended. And with that, let's hop into the rest of this week's celebratory episode. Re-expose. 
So, for this week's Hot Gay Goss expose normally I take the time to find anything that might be irrelevant and or pertinent to today's gay society. And while what I'm, we're about to talk about is uh, just that, I decided for this segment to focus on how much of a fucking pathetic temper tantrum that this fucktard of the United States is throwing on Twitter and other social media formats. And truth be told, my four-year-old nephew is better behaved than this stupid fucking piece of shit. This is that hot gay goss here on my gay expose podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose. Uh, so before we hop into this particular situation, I know that I always say that we don't talk about politics on this show. Uh, and we don't. And the biggest reason why is because I feel that this motherfucking fucktard, and I will never say his name on this show, by the way, has created a society where we as Americans are truly divided into two separate forms. And some might argue that we always have been, but I feel that he has given the Republicans and the conservatives just a little bit more fuel to be hateful. And that is the biggest reason why I refuse to talk about politics on this show. So now that all of that's over, Let's get into it. And we're not even going to talk about the politics. We're just going to talk about how much of a sad mess this loser is. And that's right. That's right. A loser. But this motherfucker's Twitter is cracking me up. Like, I've never actually looked up his Twitter before. I mean, unless it was, like, sort of focused on, like, on other social media formats because he said something crazy or absurd. But this fucker is so pathetic. First of all, big news, he's decided to go after Pennsylvania for and sue them for certifying that Biden is indeed the winner, which all of the big legal people who are evaluating all that's happening now are saying that he has little to no chance to win any of it. So it's a big waste of time. So he's basically throwing this public temper tantrum, so to speak, and just quite frankly making himself look super pathetic. And I'm eating up every moment. My popcorn is out. And I love how like I've been going over like his Twitter feed the last couple of days. And all he is is pointing the fingers and how he's done this and he's done that. And he brought the vaccine and he's getting credit. And you should look at what I did. And I did this on purpose to reveal that I had a vaccine five days after the election on purpose, and now look what you did. Okay, so here's a newsflash. Nobody's going to go back and re-vote, by the way, just because you say, quote-unquote, that you came out with a vaccine. Because first of all, you didn't come out with a vaccine. So let's just keep that straight. But your little temper tantrums on Twitter aren't 
going to change anybody's mind. And stop using all caps in every single tweet. Another thing he's doing that's driving me absolutely insane is because you know how you are only allowed to use a certain amount of characters in a, in a tweet? He's like dot, dot, dotting and continuing the tweet. Like, stop that. Stop. Nobody, nobody wants that. And by the way, nobody cares. You just lost. Why don't you just come to terms with the fact that you lost? Because at the end of the day, they're going to pull you out of the White House kicking and screaming. And that's it. My favorite tweet, ballot counting abuse in all caps. Yeah, I'm sure. And just for the record, I watched this news caption the other day that talked about how when this fucktard went up against Hillary in the elections four years ago and they decided to do recount in certain states, do you want to know what the outcome was? In one state, which I forget which one it was, basically it only turned out that this fucktard got 123 more votes in that state. And there was another state where Hillary ended up getting three more what does that translate to? Insignificant amount of votes to make any sort of real change. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. So why are we wasting all of our time with all of this bullshit when this stupid fucker should just accept the fact that he lost? Watch for massive ballot counting abuse and just like the early vaccine. Remember, I told you so the fuck out of here. Such a dumbass. We are making big progress. Results start to come in next week. Make America great again. Uh, well, guess what? We already made America great again by voting in the right person. So in conclusion for this segment, here's a My Gay Expose thought of the day. Do you think that this idiot actually thinks that anything that he's doing is going to make any sort of difference? Well, the answer is no. And truth be told, the only thing that he's accomplishing by throwing all of these little timber tantrum fits, seen mostly only by toddlers, is that he's making himself look like the biggest source loser and quite frankly, a complete fucktard. This is that hot gay goss here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So Biden and Harris were not the only amazing and glorious victory that we had in this election this year. There were actually many others in the LGBTQ plus community that had historic victories. So for this week's topic list of the week, I decided to go over some of those victories. Uh, so let's hop into that right now. This is My Gay Expose Podcast's official topic list of the week. Across the country, the LGBTQ plus candidates made progress 
with noble firsts in the 2020 election, including the historic win for Democrat Sarah McBride, who became the first trans state senator winning a seat in Delaware. Another significant win was by openly gay and half black, half Latino candidate, Richie Torres, who won the 15th Congressional District of New York. Congratulations. Mondori Jones won the 17th Congressional District of New York, and along with Torres, they became the first two openly gay black men to be elected to Congress. In Oklahoma, Maury Turner made history in the race for the state house, becoming the first openly non-binary person ever elected to state legislature in the United States. Other wins include Michelle Reiner, who is the first black woman who identifies with the LGBTQ plus community elected to the Florida legislature. And Kim Jackson, as the first LGBTQ plus identifier as Georgia State Senator. And big news for the letter B in the LGBTQ plus community. Alex Lee makes history as he's the first openly elected bisexual state legislator in California. And last, but most certainly not least, Sharice Davis of the House of Representatives for Kansas, Brianna Titone, Colorado State House of Representatives, Ryan Fectu, which I don't know how to even say that last name, it's spelled F-E-C-T-E-A-U, uh, he's with Maine House, Maine's House of Representatives, Carlos Smith, Florida's House of Representatives, Scott Weiner, California State Senate, and Sam Park, Georgia's House of Representatives, were all also reelected and all also identify with some form of letter that resides in the LGBTQ plus community. This is My Gay Exposé Podcast's official topic list of the week. November 7th, 2020. A day I most certainly will never forget. It was the day that we learned that President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris were projected to be the next President and Vice President of the United States of America. And waking up that Saturday morning to all the cheering and screaming and shouting in the streets was one of the most amazing things to wake up to ever. My boyfriend lives over on Church and Market, which is notorious for having kind of a problem with all the like homeless and crazies. They kind of hang out in front of that Safeway out there. And so uh, hearing shouts and screams in the streets was kind of a regular norm. But this, this was so different. 
This was a different kind of shout and scream. This was a joyous shout and scream of celebration. And I hopped out of bed and instantly called my boyfriend and told him to get his ass out of bed, get ready, because we're going in the streets to celebrate. And that we did. My roommate came along and it, truth be told, was one of the most amazing feelings in this world. I'll never forget it. The entire Castro district was just crowded in the streets. And it was it was kind of interesting at the beginning because when we first showed up, like we were kind of on like 18th and Castro, which is pretty much for those that don't know, kind of the center focal point of the entire Castro district. It's where we have our rainbow uh, crosswalks and most of the bars and restaurants that are gay themed reside. But I mean, the crowds were packed. Everybody was cheering. Everybody was chanting. Everybody was so happy. It was so crazy to look around and see everyone crying with tears of joy, shouting. It was like, I couldn't even put words. I was so happy. I felt so overwhelmed with joy and almost disbelief. But as the cars honked in celebration as well, suddenly the people, we took over. We just walked into the street and disregarded any car that decided to drive by and the rest of the celebration got more crowded and more crowded and people came out wearing their flags. And for me, this was huge because for the longest time, I hated when people wore the American flag because for the longest time, it was like, to me, almost a symbol of hatred because that fucktard of the United States of America took that symbol of freedom that we all identify and turned it into something that I looked on with almost embarrassment. I remember when I went to Thailand in 2018 and met several different foreign travelers and people from other countries and they all asked me unanimously, which I thought was crazy. When they learned that I was from the United States, the first thing out of their mouth was how could you guys elect that guy into office? And I didn't know how to answer it. How do you explain to people who don't really understand our system that technically it's kind of a broken system. But this time we did it. And you know what I'm so proud of when it comes to the American people? You can recount all you want. You can sue as many state ballot boxes as you want. You could throw as many temper tantrums on Twitter as you want. But at the end of the day, the American people turned out They turned out to vote and their voice was very clear. They wanted him out of office. A couple of things I'm really proud of this in this presidency is that, well, first of all, Joe Biden was the vice president under Obama, who is arguably one of the most valued and I'm going to say it, best presidents that I think history will ever record. 
But Joe Biden is actually the first president in history who's going into the presidency with a pro-LGBTQ plus agenda, which includes a very heavy pro-trans agenda. And this is fucking huge for the LGBTQ plus community. Coupled with the fact that he chose Kamala Harris as his running mate, who not only is a woman, not only is black, not only is South Asian, which all those like concepts in itself are huge, but she's also a politician from San Francisco. And what does that mean, you might ask? That means the San Francisco way of thinking will be heavily influenced in all the decision-making processes that will be done in the White House. So for those that don't know, San Francisco is very liberal. But also, in my personal opinion, very much so in the right. And I can't wait to see this presidency and what they're going to do for our country. Another thing that I'm grateful for and thankful for is the fact that he's going into this presidency with a very strict COVID task force. In other words, he's using any and all resources that he has in his power to make sure that we combat this virus and get to a place where we can eliminate it eventually. Something that the fucktard refused to do because in his opinion, it was a bogus and bullshit virus even though our country remains to be the only country that doesn't see any sort of declining. And I value that. I think that this is going to be amazing. And, you know, just celebrating in the streets and cheersing people and just reveling in that sheer joy. I couldn't help but fight back tears. I mean, at certain points, I think I was kind of ugly crying, like, you know, Kim Kardashian. The thought of the last four years of the dark ages and coming out into a space where I can finally say that I'm proud of my United, United States of America again. I can't tell you how many years it's been where I was ashamed of this country. I was embarrassed. The rest of the world looked at us and laughed and pointed at the stupid mime slash clown show that this motherfucker was putting on for the world. And I can't wait to sit back and watch two things. First of all, with my popcorn, while our new president and vice president undo all the bullshit that this motherfucker did. But secondly, to watch this fucktard of the United States of America throw all of his little rants and tirades and name calling. Ugh, it's going to be so much fun because there's absolutely nothing he can do now to change anything. And to me, that is the greatest gift of all. I posted on Facebook the moment I realized that all of this was happening. I basically, <sighs> words can't even express how I was feeling. I was just feeling all sorts of raw emotion, 
But the sentence that came to mind in my post was, celebration, cheering in the streets, horns blowing, cowbells clanking, I'm choking back tears of joy. But the real victory here is I can finally be proud of my America again. And that fact is the biggest win of all. And that, truth be told, is the one thing out of this victorious win that I take away, is I can finally, finally, finally fucking get to a place where I feel confident that we're gonna move forward with someone who actually cares about uniting the American people. So the only reason why I wanted to do this theme for this episode today was just to kind of express to you my feeling of emotion. And I was so excited about that moment, more so this year than almost anything else that I've ever been able to feel, that I just had to share it with you and the rest of the world. We are coming out of the dark ages and I can't wait to see what is to come. I'm so excited. For the first time, I'm so excited to see what's to come. And with that, uh, I do have a Gay Walk of Shame episode, not episode, Gay Walk of Shame story uh, for this episode that actually has somewhat of a political undertone. So let's hop into it. And good job, America. I'm so proud of you. You turned out. This is My Gay Walk of Shame, here on My Gay Expose Podcast. It all started with a body shot inquiry for sex on Grindr. And if you're anything like me, you definitely don't want to be talking to a torso. I have to see a face. So I had two choices. I could either ignore the inquiry or ask for a face pic. And this guy, for some reason, refused to give me one. And I went about my day and decided to ignore the sexual inquiry. The year was 2012-ish, give or take, something along those lines. And I was working in a restaurant that was by the state capitol in Sacramento. But... As the week advanced after the inquiry, I noticed that this guy was being really persistent. He wasn't backing down. And so after a series of harassing texts, I decided to respond. I basically told him, look, if you don't show me more photos, I'm just not interested. And that's when it happened. I'm in politics and I can't reveal my face, but I'm staying in this hotel and I would really love for you to come by. Uh, So suddenly now I'm intrigued. Somebody in politics wanted to have sex with me? I mean, uh, I wasn't really into daddies at the time, but truth be told, the idea of sleeping with somebody who potentially could be in power it was kind of intriguing. 
I decided to oblige. So after my shift, I hopped over to his hotel, which was close by the restaurant. But the thing was, is like this guy refused to show me photos, but it's like, if I'm gonna have sex with you, aren't I gonna see your face anyways? And who you are, what difference does it make? So when he opened the door and I came in, he was actually kind of a handsome silver daddy. I was pleasantly surprised. I came in, he was a gentleman, he offered me a drink. I took the drink and we began to chat. But I didn't know who he was and, and while I did kind of follow politics, I didn't really have any idea who this guy was. So in my mind, maybe he was just, you know, someone who worked in the Capitol. I didn't know. So we then went into our sexual encounter. And truth be told, if there's one lesson I've learned, it's that older men really know how to work it when it comes to having sex. He rocked my world in ways that I really didn't expect. And as I walked out of that hotel that day, I wanted to know more. Who was this guy? I needed to find out. Well, I logged back into Grinder mere hours later and realized that he had officially blocked me. Uh, go figure. So it wasn't to my surprise that months later, I learned that he not only didn't live in Sacramento, but was here for business, which obviously explains why he was in the hotel. But he was a, wait for it, Republican senator from the state. That's right, folks. And I'm not going to tell you who. That's all you need to know. But that's the way it was. And I have that situation to put in my gay walk of shame brag book, back pocket. Uh, and just as a My Gay Expose podcast a sidebar, uh, that Republican senator, as mentioned in this story for Gay Walk of Shame, uh, he basically was up for election that year, which is why he wouldn't show me photos of his face. And I just find it so hilarious that a closeted straight man with a wife who's a Republican wanted to have sex with the most femiest of gay boys ever. And that's all I'm going to say about that. This week's Gay Walk of Shame sex scale from 1 to 10 for the uh, no-named Republican senator from a Republican state that will choose to be unmentioned is a solid eight. Those silver daddies really know how to work it, especially the closeted, quote, straight, quote, Republican ones. Yay! This is my gay walk of shame. Here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So what did we learn today, boys and girls, gays and straights, transgender and questioning? There is nothing in this world 
right now going on in my life that I am more excited and about to burst with joy about. Winning this election was such a huge victory, not only for the LGBTQ plus community, but for us as Americans as a whole. And I can't wait to see how this presidency tries so very hard to unite our country as one people once again. And whether that happens or not is yet to be seen. And truth be told, there is going to be some hatred. I get that. But I'm excited to finally see someone lead this country who really cares about the American people. And I can't wait to see how that fucktard makes himself look more and more and more like a complete fucktard asshole like he is. And I'm so happy that he fucking lost. Nothing makes me more happy. I'm Ronnie Washburn. This has been my Gay Expose podcast. And thanks for joining me. And I'll see you next time. Oh, and I almost forgot. I also want to mention that I'm so proud of Georgia's Stacey Abrams for taking that state and putting it in the right direction and getting that fucktard evicted from the White House. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me exposing my gay here on my gay expose podcast. If you like what I exposed on today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, if you listen to me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or the newly developed Amazon Music slash podcast format, uh, just hit the follow button. My Gay Expose podcast is also available on Anchor as well as any and all other podcast formats. Do you have any questions, comments, things you want me to talk about? Please email me at mygayexpose at gmail.com. That's mygayexpose at gmail.com. And for more on my work, including my blog, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, please take a look at my website at www.ronniewashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I washburn.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at My Gay Expose Podcast, Twitter at My Gay Expose, and Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And uh, by the way, Don't forget to join us next time for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Ronnie Washburn, exposing my gay here on My Gay Expose Podcast. And I'll see you next time.